It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com, iHeartRadio, and so many other great platforms spreading good information out there so everyone can get a better gift on what's happening. You know, this whole show, Concierge for Better Living, is about us working together to have a better today than yesterday and work together for a better tomorrow than even today. And today my guest is all about that. No questions being said there. Award-winning documentary filmmaker and social entrepreneur, Michael Zappi Zappelin, my guest today. Thanks for joining us, buddy. How you doing, Zappi? Yeah, great to be here. Excellent. So, so beautiful. And uh, it's so cool how we've known each other a long time and, you know, our paths just keep crossing and crossing and it's just constantly relevant what you're doing and I'm doing and how it overlaps. It's so beautiful. It really is a nice thing when you see people with similar mindsets, people are doing greater good work, meaning it's not just about selfish intention. We're trying to shift and transition and catalyze, you know, a, a movement, uh, some awareness. And I think that that's something that you've been, you know, known for as far as I've known you is just someone who stood up for, you know, breaking some of those conventional molds and speaking truth and letting people open their minds and become more aware. You know, that whole woke movement, you know, I think started a long time ago before it was popularized and it started with people like yourself. And so um, something that you had been committed to as far as I know you and be long before that and has so many accolades and so many things are going on. Even as we sit here today, catching up, you're up to something exciting and new. And, you know, I just want to jump right into it because, you know, I've always said we need to get together as a, as a, as a community. We need to bond together as a, as a society. And we need to, you know, step up to the call that we need to make change happen for the better. And, um, Come on, man. Mind, you know, mindarmy.org. It's like, uh, you know, let's yes. talk about this Mind Army movement. What do we got going? Tell us a little bit about Yeah. This. I'm really excited about this. You know, it's so funny because like, like everybody, when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh man, where's this going to go? Ah, this sounds like it's going to be really annoying and super obnoxious and nothing seemed good about it. And now here I am a few months later and I'm realizing, wow, you know, this is probably the most important thing that's ever happened to society where we could all finally just take a little bit of a step back. You know, so many people, there's so much chaos and media coming at everybody right now that it was hard to even think, how was this thing going to not go off a cliff? And now I realize looking back, I'm like, wow, as hard as this pandemic is and, and the loss that people are having and death and sickness, it's like for most of society, this is what we needed. You know, we needed this time to be able to step back and, you know, kind of think about what we were doing and think about, okay, here we are now, and now we're going into the future. And for me, starting the Mind Army, you know, our slogan is fighting for the right to pursue happiness. And for me, that's like an inalienable right. It's in the Declaration of Independence. That's what the, you know, it says right there. So it's like, Everybody's not happy. So what are we doing? We got to get back to that happiness. And 
you know, again, with all this media and all this chaos coming at you, it's really hard to get there. And the only way I've found people to get instantly more compassion, instantly more happiness is either they have a near-death experience or they have a breakthrough with some compound that is mind-expanding. And that to me is psychedelics. And I go, wow, that's so powerful to be able to harness these you know, naturally occurring things that are available to us right now and for us to be able to handle the moment and going forward. And I think as a culture, as a society, as human beings, we just have to demand that right back right now because we need it right now. No, and, and that's what I said, the pursuit of happiness, such a foundational principle that, you know, and then there's so many ways that we can look at that simple statement um, or goal because, you know, we talk about mental health issues, we talk about addiction issues, we talk about just a status of how society is being operated and, and controlled and our dysfunction as a whole. I mean, my background's in anthropology and culture and society, and I like, you know, that these perspectives that look for solutions, not just complain about the problems, but we yeah. want to find functional solutions. And one of the best ways you're presenting is say, look, you know, and I love this about it is that plant medicines are here for a reason. I mean, they're growing all around us. They're given to us as gifts. We need to utilize them responsibly, but effectively. And, you know, one of the things you pointed out was that, you know, for example, psychedelics, which has been taking this, you know, you know resurgence of late and it's, about time is that we've been researching psychedelics for years. This is not something we just decided to do yesterday. Like I you know, yeah. talked to the, the Beckley Foundation and NAPS and so many other groups have been doing this for now. We've, you know, talking about in Florida, you know, Mr. Psychedelic Law starting now to advocate for access in Florida and more research and education. And this is just like even cannabis. It, it's not new. We have to just put it in perspective of now. And that's, yes. I think, the way I kind of frame it is not new, but now. Present time, yeah. where are we at? And how do we open our minds, put our minds in the right place, work together and make this happen? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, I've this is coming from a personal place that I think everybody is feeling this, where there's mental health situations in every family. There's addiction situations within every family. And so <clears throat> for me, you know, we're asking for this executive order to be written by the president. We are asking him to make all psychedelic compounds legal and available. And we're just, you know, we're, we watch what happened in the cannabis industry where people tried to work through the system that exists, the FDA, the DEA, the local, the country, the t and that has proven to be a failure because the system is set up in a way that is for an old paradigm. And now we're in this, you know, sci-fi movie. It's like a biblical moment where, you know, people are melting down, the society's melting down and we need a totally new solution that can't go through these, you know, bureaucracies and committees. We need access to these medicines right now. And if I have somebody in my, in my family that is suicidal or has an addiction, I have to be able to use these things right now. I don't need, uh, you know, the government or doctors to tell me how to use it. These have been shown over, you know, 53 years since they were made illegal. Millions of people have taken them, many with great benefit. And we know they're safe and we know they're non-addictive. And so now we have to step, step forward and say, okay, as a society, we know alcohol 
and tobacco have, you know, their issues and their benefits to society and people enjoy them. But at the same time, there are downsides to them. So you can't tell somebody that those are okay, but psilocybin mushrooms is not okay. Uh, That's just not acceptable when you understand even just the basics of science and medicine. Yeah. Doesn't work anymore. It's something interesting to me because I see this as a challenge. I see tobacco and cannabis having some mirroring, and I see some alcohol and psychedelics only because there's an individual plant and then there's a, a category of, of, of compounds. And so yeah. conversation starts to get diluted. And, and I've talked about this even as in, you know, you know me, I've been big mouth, I've been all over on mm-hmm. cannabis and cannabinoids. And one of the things I always talk about is, you know, this psychoactive, this you know, you know, this effect of THC that everyone is quick to jump on and bash. And I'm like, have you seen people benefit from that? Like, can you tell me that it's all negative? Because you guys all want to harp on the negative side effect of it. But I've had terminally ill patients that like a little bit of euphoria, a little bit of THC gave them an hour or two of relaxation and giggles and smiles. And I'm sorry, that that's medicine to me. And we all should have the right for that happiness, that euphoric experience. And the same thing with psychedelics as a whole. I mean, when, when I, my grandfather was passing, you know, he was going to hospice, you know, there was part of me, I really wanted to give him, you know, some psilocybin, you know, as he was going to that, yes. that state. And, 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 I had a family conversation and I had a, you know, even a medical conversation with people. I was talking about this because it was still lesser known back when we were talking about doing that. But why, where's the harm is the key. It's like we, you know, as a doctor, it's first do no harm. That's as my credo as a naturopath, as a doctor, it's first do no harm. And I'm not doing harm. I'm healing. I'm helping. It may not be an acceptable way, but it's still a healing method. And so, you know, that's what we have to fight for, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I, I, what I love about you is you always, you know, have a positive attitude. You always got a smile. You're always willing to engage and, you know, make it a fun experience. But a lot of people can't do that. And, you know, they're, they're damaged by traumas that they've had uh, in their life by maybe hereditary patterns in their brain. And we know that some of these compounds can cut right through that and bring them joy and, you know, end of life people, people who have trauma, it's like they deserve this. And if we could get a critical mass of people, and my theory is, you know, we need a critical mass of people to go inside themselves and come out with more compassion. And when you come out with more compassion, like you often do when you have one of these breakthrough sessions, you're able to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else. You're able to see that you're connected to them. You're part of the one. And so, of course, you're not going to hate them. Of course, you're going to, you know, be more forgiving in their actions and things like that. And so there's no other way to get there. I mean, I wish there was, there isn't. And six months ago, this would have been unthinkable for a president to sign an executive order saying, okay, all psychedelics are legal. They're not going to be you know, handled by agencies and government. A year ago, forget it. You would have been put in a mental institution if you recommended that. But here we are, pandemic, suicide epidemic, addiction epidemic, depression epidemic. 100 million people out of 300 million people in this country are really damaged. There's no way we can course correct this, except that we have these amazing energies growing out of the ground that, you know, if you believe in God, I mean, I'm going to guess that an all-knowing God would put some things here to help us to tap into spirituality, joy, healing. So we have to, you know, what I, again, what I love about psychedelics most is that they can 
take you out of your human filter. And so much time, so many, so much at times where, you know, everything we're talking about and seeing and doing, it's going through our human filter. And when you remove the human filter, now you can have, you know, you can be today and moving forward and there can be, you know, no patterns of the past set in there anymore. And that's like, there's nothing can do that. I mean, I, like I said, if there was, I'd be advocating for that, but these are very gentle, non-addictive substances. And, you know, sometimes people ask me like, would you put cannabis into this order that you're asking for? And I say, you know, honestly, no, because even though I consider cannabis a psychedelic, you know, and, and if you use it properly, it can have, you know, some transformational uh, effects on you. But I think we have to be really clear with people that we're, as, as much as I love cannabis and as much of a medicine as it really is for society, we're in a, we're in a triage moment. We, we yeah. can't use low level things. We need to go right to the top, have the breakthrough for people, and then let them move forward and what I've noticed is when people have a really amazing transformational experience through psychedelics, they become interested in meditation. They become interested in plant medicine. They become yeah, it's a, in, you it's know, a bridge nature. so much more. Yeah, it's a bridge yeah. to so much more awareness. So, no, I love it. We're going to dive into a few more specifics of what we're doing here with some of the psychedelic compounds. Don't go anywhere. We can take a quick break. Amazing conversation so far with Zappy. This is Doc Rob. We're here on Canvas Radio. Concierge to Better Living. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at this moment. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right. And we are back. This is Doc Rob, your host at Concierge for Better Living with my guest, Mikey Zappi Zappelin. And we are talking about this awareness, this breakthrough. And, um, you know, I think that we were talking about right before the break is important that there's different utilizations. Like I look at it as a healer, I have a tool belt, you know, and I have all these different things I can pull out, but the real art um, is knowing when to pull a tool out and use it for the person or the situation in front of me. And I think that is really that art that I've practiced and will always practice. I don't think I'll ever be an expert. It'll never be a real master. It's always an, a learning curve. And, you know, for me, you know, we talk about, you know, for years I studied, you know, the, the, the probiotic world, the beneficial bacteria, those microorganisms in the digestive tract and in the world. And then someone said, well, what about the fungal components of your digestive system in your inner world? And, and like, it's a whole other category. And so there's so many different ways to break this out. And, you know, there are recreational drugs and I'm not going to date myself for, you know, being down in Miami and South beach. And for many years, I mean, ketamine, for example, you know, was, the K-hole that was like, you know, you'd just see people sitting on a couch and, you know, wiped out for, and then all of a sudden come back and go back to dancing. Like it was just a crazy experience. And now ketamine, which again, therapeutically was not even a thought back in those days is now having some amazing success in a therapeutic scenario. Um, let's talk a little bit about the ketamine yeah. work. That yeah. You're doing. I love ketamine and I'm going to tell you why. Ketamine, people think it's a synthetic. You know, they think, oh, plant medicines, plants from nature, and this is a synthetic. It's not a synthetic. It's a crystal. And basically what you're doing is you're putting together some salts and minerals and this new ketamine crystal is forming. And so what I love about a crystal is it's very clean and it, it's very standardized. It doesn't have a legacy. You know, sometimes plant medicine, where it was grown and how it was grown, how it was harvested, how it was brewed, you know, can all contribute to the energy that you're ingesting and putting in with your energy or your frequency. And so the ketamine, it's so clean, number one. Number two, because it's a crystal, you could actually put positive energy on it when you're giving it to somebody. And they found out Yale University did an extensive study and they realized that if you give somebody a low dose of ketamine, that it can actually break suicidal ideation, depression, PTSD, all these things. And the science on the ketamine is really exciting because the science says that you have this area of your brain called the default mode network. And in there, there's this mechanism called the lateral habenula. And that lateral habenula is recording all the stress you've ever had in your whole life. And when that gets to be too much, it's like a tipping point. It goes into a new brain state called burst mode. Your heart and when your brain, <laughs> yeah, it just freezes up. And when, when you're in burst mode, you, you're, you're, it stops your dopamine production completely. And your dopamine is like your happiness, your motivation to do anything. And the first time you do a low-dose ketamine treatment, it takes the brain out of the burst mode and you immediately start getting your dopamine back. So people walk out of there after 10 years of total depression. They go home and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I just cleaned my garage. I said I was going to do that for three years and I clean, oh my God, like I, my life is so amazing. And it's like, boom, they're getting this dopamine and 
what I really love about ketamine, and the reason I think it's really the thing that's going to triage society right now in this moment is that, you know, it's a, it's known as the ultimate suicide interrupter. And usually when somebody's going to commit suicide, it's like they either think I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing or I'm going to commit suicide. Those are my only two choices. And what right. happens is when you do the ketamine and you go, you're in there, you, all of a sudden you find yourself in this present moment awareness. There's no future. There's no past. You're just in the present moment where, you know, a lot of yogis spend 30 years in a cave to try to get to this point that you find yourself five minutes in with no right. effort, you know? And then all of a sudden the technology of the ketamine is incredible because you have, you you think you have these two option sets and then all of a sudden you see these 10 more option sets that are available to you and you go, Oh my God, look, I got, I like doing that. And that could lead to this. And I could even do this with my, Oh my God, I'm not going to kill myself. Like, this is incredible, the opportunities that I have. And you walk out of there and I've had people, you know, come to clinics that I'm involved with, with, you know, bandages on their arms where they actually actively tried to kill themselves and they walk out and they're just like, they're not suicidal. And that this is, is yeah, impossible to find for, anywhere else. And again, I know that's the key. And I think it's important that you're also a drive this towards, you said PTSD and a lot of the veterans right now and opponent of your efforts. And I just want to bring that up because I think it's really dear, near and dear to me as well is, you know, the veterans need so much support and we have to find cost-effective therapeutically viable ways to support our veterans through some most unexplainable and, and unimaginable terrors and traumas. And I think that that's really a key approach for how this medicine can be utilized and you know, has been utilized. Yeah. I like, you know, you can imagine if you have PTSD, you've been at war, in war and things like that, that your lateral habenula is going to shut down. You're going to go into burst mode and nothing's going to work. Uh, we started something we call the ketamine fund. It's a 501c3 and we donated about 400 plus treatments to veterans who are suffering from PTSD. And it's amazing. We have got, uh, if you go to ketaminefund.org, you can see some of the videos of these veterans. One of the guys was on 22 medications from the VA. He says he felt like a zombie. He couldn't even like do anything. He was just zombied. And he said he did the ketamine the first time. And he said he felt, when he came out of it, he felt hope. And like, I was like, wow, that's incredible. Sure. He said he, he went home and he said, I hugged my kids for the first time in 10 years. And I actually felt love. And I'm like, whoa, I mean, my God, like what else is there that could possibly take somebody from one state to the other in an hour? And that's what I love about it is that like, it's almost like a one hour plant medicine experience, but there's no hangover from it. It, it comes, you know, the half-life ketamine is like 30 minutes. So 30 minutes after it's over, you're just like, you're just in a different state of mind and you're not, you know, you can go get something to eat. You can go back to work if you need to. It's it's not the kind of thing like, you know, maybe ayahuasca or ibogaine or LSD where, you know, it could take you days to come back from, to integrate back into your life. And here we got something where it's minutes and it works, you know, medically speaking, the, the reports are that it works on 70% of people who are treatment resistant depression. So I'm going to tell you personally, Rob, in my life um, during this COVID-19, uh, in my own family, I have a 14 and a half year old daughter now and another one who's 19. And I could see that they were really getting disrupted in this 
experience where my younger one, it felt to her like it was like Groundhog Day. Every day was the same. You stay inside your house. You can't see your friends. There's nowhere to go. You just have to be on the screen doing school. And it's really depressing. And I could see her getting really depressed. And I was like, I'm not going to let something happen to my kid just because this is going on. I contacted a, a ketamine doctor that I know down here. And I said, look, my daughter's young, but you know, a 14 and a half year old today is like a, you know, 21 year old, you know, 20 years ago. And I'm scared. And I wound up talking to the doctor and she said, bring your two daughters in, you know, hopefully they trust you enough in what you're doing that they'll let you come to me and I can give them this medical treatment. And I brought them in and they both had a ketamine treatment the same day. And, you know, thank God they did. I mean, it's not like a one and done where all of a sudden you're, you know, like dancing in the lilies, but I just needed them to see that there's a bigger option set. There's a bigger, there's something outside of this moment that they're in and that they can't be so, you know, in the, in this like physical reality that there is a future that is not what it is today. And I was, I was scared, you know, and I've had, you know, I've treated people who are active drug addictions and things like that. And I've given them ketamine. And what happens is they all of a sudden look at all the things that happened to them, but like from a third party perspective and they go, wow, you know what? That happened to me, but I'm me. That's not me. That's just stuff that happened. Oh my God. Like I'm just going to go forward as me. And they're just, I don't want to say again that they're, you know, they're not addicted or anything, but they're, they got a window now to have, to change their life and to look at things with a new perspective, um, things that happened to them. And I, I have actually found that the ketamine, you know, it's almost like there's an electrical charge on things that, you know, when you think about some experience you had, there's like, you get triggered and there's this energy to it. And now when I think about some of the things that used to trigger me after my ketamine treatments, I'm just like, yeah, it happened. I, it's still not a great thing, but it's like, it's, there's no charge on it. And that's a miracle to me. I think it's huge. And I appreciate you sharing about your own personal experiences and your children. It's, I know that's never easy. And you know, I've seen it firsthand too with kids, you know, staying in the house and, you know, they're get, giving that little box to focus on the computer screen, their phone screen, and they're getting all this just feedback and energy from that. And it's not all positive by any means, especially social media. And so we have to figure out ways and you need to be aware, especially of children of all ages, you know, they're, they're very sensitive. I mean, you got young people are, are, are still very open to the energies and sensitive and we're, we're going through a very you know, unique time astrologically right now with uh, multiple planets in retrograde, and which has never really happens. I mean, I don't say never, but it's super, super rare. And it feels like everything is stopping and this pause is really important. And we have to, you know, like any retrogrades, it's key to take that time to reflect, repair, plan, organize, get ready for transition. So when these retrogrades come out and we start, all of us starting to get back to what might be a normal life, we're ready to make that shift in a positive direction. And I really, again, appreciate that sharing. We're going to take another pause ourselves right now, have one more break and come back and talk a little bit more with Zappy. This is awesome. I'm Dr. Rob, your host, Concierge for Better Living. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment.
Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line, Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the Concierge for Better Living. Only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back to wrap up this segment. Listen, we can go on and we probably need to go on and do a whole nother segment, another show. I definitely want to have you back, maybe even just in a couple of weeks, just to see, you know, this is going to move fast. And I think that people have to understand that this mind army is no joke. I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to recognize it's important for the simple pursuit of happiness and how many people it does affect. This is not just a, oh, I want to go get high or I just want to do this thing, this disease. This is a society mission, in my opinion, and I think we need to look at it. I know that there's different perspectives in overseas in Europe and, and, and different parts of the world. I know it's funny um, or not funny. I've been We did some uh, guests recently about ayahuasca and a documentary about ayahuasca, uh, you know, the medicine. And, and what was interesting to me was something that First was, you know, people were traveling down to Peru, meeting with shamans, or you had a shaman get together. He would say there's a couple hundred, if not more, ayahuasca doses being used in California on a daily basis these days. It's like, you know, the, the, the expansion, the explosion of experimentation. I'll just use it that way. Just a sign of the times, but we need to unite. And while we've had a bunch of these organizations and we have a lot of these different, I'm going to focus on LSD or the benefits of Ibogaine, which I, I've seen, I've been looking to do work on that too with addiction and opioid ther- you know, therapy, to even just changing our understanding of cannabis and how it is a medicine or how it can be utilized safely in our society going forward, legally decriminalize, like free the plants, free the, you know, the drugs. I think that we're going to see some dramatic change and I'm, I'm happy, grateful to be a part of it. I know you're, again, that major catalyst. Um, there are powers that be from celebrities, which I know you've worked with before and had life-changing affairs to 
veterans to doctors. That's one of the things I love right now. I'm seeing so many medical professionals recognizing the value of this medicine. They're starting to really come in and provide support to those of us that, you know, that may have been more fringe thinkers or outside the box advocates for so long. Now you're getting the scientific and medical communities to back us and to say, look, this is real deal and and required. I think that's really critical. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm embracing the fact that we live in a celebrity driven culture. That's kind of what I've thought about in my documentary film. So I have one coming out that's finished now. We hope it's out in the next, you know, 30 to 90 days. It's called Lamar Odom Reborn. And the experience was that I was showing my movie, The Reality of Truth, one night at the Hippocrates Health Institute in Florida. And a guy came up to me after and he's like, hey, I'm a friend of Lamar Odom and he's in a pretty rough place. He's like, I just saw your movie about plant medicine. Do you think you could talk to him and maybe, you know, help him with that? And I was like, oh, it sounds great. You know, he sounds like an incredible subject for a film. And so uh, I met with him and I, and I realized, I said, you know, you've never gone inside your mind before, you know, all your stimulus has been from outside, all this seeking that you've been doing and you're going to have to go inside. And he said, you know, I've never done that. He's like, you know, it's kind of taboo in the African-American community, first of all, even to talk about depression, but, you know, going inside your mind, that's like, that's like a, something that, you know, white people do. That's like a, a privilege where, you know, if you have a bad experience, a bad trip, and you're a white kid in the suburbs, they're going to, you know, send you to a psychologist. Your whole community is going to be like, oh, yeah, we're behind you, you know. But if you're an African-American kid and you have a bad experience, you could get shot. You could be, you know, thrown in a mental institution the rest of your life. It's like this this is not a fair thing. So we have to create, number one, environments for everyone to be able to have these experiences where it's, you know, uniform, where there's no judgment. It's just democratically, we give these to people to have breakthroughs. But Lamar, you know, I said, look, this ketamine, you know, you're going to go to Western medicine doctor. It's FDA approved. I'm going to guide you. Warren Gumpel, my partner in in our ketamine MD is going to be here to, you know, help and guide you. And he said, all right, you know, I trust you. Like I I've tried everything else. I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Let's do it. Brought him in for a ketamine treatment. And it was amazing. You see in the movie, he comes out of it and 45 minutes later, he's like, I've never felt this good in my life. And he was like, it was so deep, you know, and there was so much happening. He was just, you could see the wheels going in his head in a way that they'd never gone before. And I had him do a couple more, uh, ketamine treatments to kind of like stabilize him. And then I said, look, Lamar, you're an African-American guy. There's an African-American plant comes from Africa, comes from Africa called Iboga. And I think you should come with me down to Mexico and do an Iboga journey because it's probably going to, you know, you're probably culturally supposed to have been having this, but it could break your addiction profile overnight. And he said, you know what? I'm nothing else has worked. I'm, I'm game. And so, you know, again, unfortunately we had to drive down to Mexico because this is what the mind army is saying is we need this here. We don't, people don't need to travel for this. Okay. Uh, so I brought him down to Mexico. We did the Ibo, he did Ibogaine, which is a, like a, a, you know, all the alkaloids together. It's like a super concentrated for addiction. And he took it, he had a, you know, 24 hour, very intense experience of, you know, 
visiting his ancestors and he's had a lot of trauma in his life, which people don't realize, you know, he's had his mother died of cancer when he was 12 years old in front of him. His grandmother raised him, passed away. He had a son who died at six months old. I mean, this is like heavy trauma, you know, and he never really processed it. And so in that Iboga journey, he heard his mother's voice for the first time in years he saw his son grow from a baby that he was to a nine or 10 year old, then to the age he would be now, you know, a teenager. And he's like, came out of it. And in the movie, he says, you know, he's like, I lost my fear of death. He's like, I'm present, which for somebody who struggled with drug addiction is a huge thing. He's like, I got to see my son. He's like, I, I'm closer to God, you know, like how else do you get there, you know? And the amazing part is after afterwards, we followed up with him along the way in the movie, and you see he reconnected with his children, his ex-wife, brought them for ketamine treatments. He brought his dad, who's been on methadone for decades, to come and do a ketamine treatment. Uh, he's played professional basketball again in a tournament in Dubai after having had 12 strokes and six heart attacks and kidney failure, liver damage. They were didn't even think he was going to walk again. And right. when I met him, he looked pretty good on the outside, but you could see he was, you know, somewhat disrupted from where he was. And the Ibogaine, it does this physical reset on you. And the next, the day after I gave him the Ibogaine, the doctor gave it to him. He said, I feel so good. He's like, I think I can make a comeback in professional basketball. The day after, I was like, what? And uh, his trainer was with us in the in the van when he said it. And the trainer was like, dude, take it easy. You know, you have to work out four hours a day. You can't be smoking marijuana. And Lamar's like, I know what I got to do. I'm doing it. And he just started training. And, you know, four months later or so, he played in a professional tournament in Dubai. Um, it was awesome. it was like his Rocky moment, you know. And yeah. it's just, there's no other way to get there. Uh, and if we have people who are addicted to opiates, to meth, to, you know, crack, heroin, all these things, um, and Ibogaine can break that in a single session. I mean, yeah. we just have to be able to access. So I just want to tell you, uh, just like, cause I know we're running out of some time, but the mind army is going to go to Donald Trump and say, look, we believe you, Biden, Kanye West or somebody else, whichever president it is that does takes this action is going to win a Nobel Prize because to make a dent in the suicide epidemic, the addiction epidemic and depression, that's what you win those kind of prizes for. And in this crisis moment, we think it's very justified. Uh, Biden's son, Hunter Biden, who had a drug and alcohol addiction, he overcame that using Ibogaine. So we intend to go to him if he's the president and say, if it's good enough for your son, it's good enough for all of us. Sign the executive order right now. I think that would be huge. I think that needs to happen regardless of who's in that seat in, you know, in a few months from now. Um, I, again, I applaud you on all the efforts. We're going to keep uh, tabs on the Mine Army efforts for sure. Have you back on and talk some more. There's so many more things to dive into in this category. We're just tipping, yes. just getting started. But again, I appreciate Let's you. Do it. Let's gonna... do it again. Let's do it again because I think you and I, as what I would call like a psychedelic concierges, it's like how do you yeah. determine what somebody needs and how do you come up with that formula for what they need? And I think if you and I dialogue that, people could kind of get a general understanding of what their formula might look like. 
And I think that's a perfect explanation. As I've always said, as a concierge, I'm going to direct someone whether they might need acupuncture versus physical medicine versus nutritional support. It's all the same. As a healer, we have to understand that role for the tools, as I said earlier, that we have available to us. And there's a tremendous amount of uh, value in the tools of psychedelics when used properly. And I'd love to keep that conversation going. There's a lot of things you know, I, again, there's some things I'm working on on my end. I think there's so much good synergy here. But again, thank you for taking the time today and joining us. Uh, I know the audience appreciates that. We're going to have you back on uh, many times, hopefully. This is just the beginning of this amazing breakthrough. So wishing you all the best. Uh, as always, Zappy, stay well, you and your family, in these pressing times. And uh, to everyone out there as well, listen, this is what we're here for. We're making today better than yesterday and work together to make tomorrow better than today. And with that, I wish everyone, as always, all the best in health and happiness. Be well. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.